Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Well, welcome to another podcast of Franchise You. And today I have with me Artie Stars. Artie is the CEO of Top Golf Entertainment Group. Now, you may wonder why I didn't just say Top Golf, but you'll learn a little bit more about that in a bit. But first, let's introduce Artie. So, Artie, welcome. You, as the CEO, are responsible for the overall vision and growth of Top Golf Entertainment Group. And I also know from my work with you at Yum, because Artie was of Pizza Hut Global, he was president and CEO and had a chance to see him in action. But I know that you're a strong advocate for creating great customer experiences and also really championing an inclusive culture where everybody feels like they belong. And I can imagine you've taken that along with your focus on driving results. See how I did that? Driving top golf. Your focus on driving results to the Top Golf Entertainment Group. So welcome so much, Artie. Is there something that maybe you'd like to share with us about your transition from pizza to golf? Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here, uh, and I'm, I'm proud to be a, a part of the Franchise You podcast, Kathleen. Thank you very much. The easiest thing for me to say, uh, those who know me and have, have worked with me, you know, golf is a big part of my DNA. Uh, it's a life passion. Most great things that have happened to me in my life, my parents introduced me to the game when I was young. I met my wife through golf, so I can attribute having uh, our two wonderful kids through golf. Many of the professional relationships uh, have have been rooted in, in the game in some way, shape, or form. And being at Top Golf is, uh, you know, it's just a dream job for me to be able to work around my life passion, but in a way that leverages the professional experiences that I've had along the way. It's a dream come true. Well, that you know what, that's an incredible story because. Many of our franchisees that I've ever worked with in the past talk about it's a passion and it's what they love. And it's a great way to hear you talk about about golf, because now here you are, the CEO of truly the largest entertainment group focused on golf. So let's talk about that entertainment group for a moment. So one of the things I didn't realize is how many different avenues you have to bring golf to the masses. Most of us, when we think of Top Golf, we think of the humongous facility you have where you can go and obviously it's, you have food, you have drink, you're able to really enjoy people. Anyone can golf. I'm not a golfer and I actually could golf at Top Golf. So that's what we tend to think of is that venue. And there are 72 Top Golf venues around the world. Another thing that's kind of surprising is your international presence, which we'll get into in a moment. But there also are other avenues and lines of business that you have in Top Golf that I'd like you to talk about that because you have 20 years in Top Golf. Well, Top Golf's been around 20 years, and what's happened has been pretty incredible in the world of golfing innovation. So I'm going to ask you to elaborate on those offerings versus me botching them up a little bit. If you don't <laughs> mind, Artie? Sure. Well, let me go through a little bit of the history of of Top Golf and um, hit some of the key points along the way, and then currently what we offer both at our venues, at driving ranges around the world, and in our mobile game business as well. So the first venue for Topgolf opened uh, 21 years ago in the UK, two brothers, twin brothers, the Jolliffe brothers. Um, you know, they were challenged with the question of who is hitting it closer to the hole. 
and they uh, put an RFID chip, which I, I'm told originally came from one of their dogs. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's accurate or not, but they they decided to see if an RFID chip would be able to locate the golf ball effectively, and sure enough, it did. Um, and so that's where that's where we got our, our our start outside of London. We still have three venues in London today, uh, in Surrey and Chitwell and Watford, that uh, perform extremely well and you know effectively utilize the uh, technology very similar to to day one, for lack of a better term. And and our our guests in the UK love Top Golf. Uh, the concept has uh, evolved a little bit. Uh, around the world and I'll get to that, but those three venues are, are still, you know, a big part of our DNA. In 2005, our modern founder, Eric Anderson, who is still on our board um, and is, you know, kind of a daily inspiration to all of us here at Topgolf, introduced the concept to, to the U.S. on the East Coast. And shortly after that, uh, our now owner, Callaway, invested in Topgolf for the first time. We are now a part of the Callaway family in uh, portfolio, and I'll come back to that in a little bit, but they've actually been engaged with Topgolf for, for 15 years. Hmm. Um, in 2016, uh, that was a, you know, fast forward about 10 years. That's probably uh, what we now, the company that I now have the privilege to lead, uh, a lot of the acquisitions and the flagship locations, you know, open for the first time. We opened uh, in Las Vegas, uh, which anyone who's been to Las Vegas and hasn't been to Top Golf, you're really missing something. It's an extraordinary experience right on the strip on the on the MGM property, uh, and that is an example in light of the content for this podcast, where our franchise partners come to Las Vegas and they really see the aspirational elements of the of the brand. We have swimming pools, all the golf entertainment you can possibly imagine. But um, it stands out in a world-class entertainment city, obviously, hmm. uh, something that we hear from our guests time and time again is above and beyond anything else that they're able to get uh, elsewhere. And we also that year acquired a business called ProTracer, which we now brand as Top Tracer. And uh, we bought uh, the World Golf Tour game and uh, were able to bring in an extremely talented team in San Francisco uh, that most of the team used to work at EA Sports, and they develop a lot of content for us to this day. Uh, and, you know, we're working on additional games as we speak. Fast forward a couple of years beyond that, 2018, we opened our first franchise venue in Australia. Uh, on the Gold Coast, we have the Village Roadshow team that are great partners uh, for us down there. And then sitting here today, uh, we've got, you know, just over 70 venues open pushing 10,000 uh, top tracer bays around around the world so that that pro tracer technology has accelerated into something that we install in driving ranges. We'll install over 8,000 of those this year um, and close to 30 million WGT users. So we'll get into some of this, but all of these businesses are now pretty meaningful scale and growing, growing very rapidly. So, you know, the, the business that once again, I have the privilege of leading today um, we think about our venue business where you have the sort of complete top golf experience, food and beverage, the bay experience where your golf balls are tracked and you get to uh, you know, play games and play golf courses with your friends. Then we have the top tracer experience where we install the high speed cameras on driving ranges and make it more fun and accessible. And you can 
whether you're a hardcore golfer and want to improve your game or you you're just looking to have fun have fun um, and, and play some of our games you can do that and then we have the mobile game the world golf tour that is uh, best in class in terms of the visuals and the ability to compete uh, across a global network that is also fascinating because one of the things that surprised me was that you do have franchisees and licensees for all of these products. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we'll get into that in a moment. But this top tracer, I have to ask, does that answer the Mm -hmm. question who hit, who hit the ball the farthest or who hit it? (laughs) Does that, does that answer that? It does the team in, in Sweden. So we have a group of developers that uh, are just, so inspirational and extremely talented uh, and not only have passion for for golf but have real passion for uh, providing an experience making the game more accessible to even people who are being introduced to the game for the first time and one of the exciting things about about top tracer is it really changes the economics of a driving range operator if you think about uh Historically, if you owned a driving range and you owned you know, 10, 12, 14 acres and you had a, a field where people were hitting balls and you're selling 30, 40, 50 balls for a pretty modest fee, um, we're able to elevate the customer experience with Top Tracer. There's an app that you download uh, and you can go and, and, and your shots are tracked. Uh, you can have a very comprehensive practice routine if that's what you want. Uh, but people who are trying and you're trying to like someone like me introducing their kids to the game, if you're able to show them a picture of where the golf ball is going, a video of where the golf ball is going, how far it goes, and then put really compelling visuals and games around it, uh, it's just much more engaging. Uh, yeah. So that's a business that uh, you reference, you know, or, you know, license partners, if you want to call it that licensees, uh, that's one where, you know, globally, we're just seeing a ton of energy and a ton of excitement uh, for for what our team in Sweden has been able to to produce. So anyone who has an established golf range, I think about, gosh, you see them everywhere where you just hit off a range, just obviously to keep practicing. Any of those, any of those could actually license your top tracer product. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, uh, we have an an indoor application. So uh, uh, I say indoor, meaning a covered application Mm -hmm. where, if the bay has a physical construct, uh, we we have a <clears throat> we can install there, and we can also install outdoor. So many of the finest golf courses around the world have our technology, and many you know local driving ranges do too. We just signed a deal with you know the most iconic golf course in the world, St Andrews uh, in, in Scotland. So. What could be better than that? I hear you. Well, sitting here in Louisville, Kentucky, I know you have an agreement with Valhalla, and that's a yes, pretty prestigious golf course one. as well. Yes, that, <laughs> that is that is a good one. Not quite as good as the one you mentioned, but very, no, very Valhalla's good. Valhalla's pretty good. Valhalla's, Valhalla's pretty, uh, pretty exclusive as well. So when you t- think about what's growing the fastest, it sounds like Top Tracer is really the one right now that has a lot of legs. Yeah, I mean, our... Our venue business is growing extremely fast as well. We're building, you know, 10 plus venues a year in the U.S. and our franchise partners are ramping up. So I think you can see a a world here in the next couple of years where there's, you know, 15 venues a year uh, being built globally uh, and on a base of approximately 70. I think there are very few concepts, whether it's restaurant, hotel, so on. I mean, that's massive growth. That is. Uh, we started this year with you know, just over 60 locations. You're talking about, oh, you know, 15, 20% growth 
each one of these venues costs can cost 30 to 35 million dollars to build that's a lot of capital it's a lot of jobs being created but on a percentage basis yes the top tracer business is you know it's kind of it's it's doubling um you know as we speak Wow. Let's talk about a minute about that investment and the type of franchisee that you look for, especially if you look yeah. at your venue. Um, that is a that is a hefty cost of entry because it is also an incredible venue. I mean, it is not it is way more than just a restaurant or just a golfing event. So how do you and what do you look for in those franchisees? Yeah, I'll, you know, our, our time at Yum Together, I might have said this with you, I, I start with something pretty simple, and that is shared values and complementary skills. So, uh, you know, when we're looking for franchise partners, you know, I think the first thing is, is that do we share a common set of values, both, you know, personally, uh, but also in terms of what our concept represents. We've got core values at Topgolf that are really important to us. Um, one of them is something we call edgy spirit, um, which is a critical part of how our venues come to life. And we have a very, uh, we've, we've, we have a very fun process. It's also been well-researched and documented. Uh, and I encourage anyone who's listening to this, if you want to come work at Topgolf, you know, show up at one of our venues for what we call mission ambition. And it is really what makes our venues tick. And what I think sets us apart from not only others who might be trying to do something similar to what we do, but I think broader hospitality. We we intentionally hire people not only that have heart and are sort of courageous, but also have this edgy spirit and are you know tend to be a bit more extroverted, uh, tend to like to become friends with strangers quickly. Uh, I hear time and time again when we are. Uh, opening a venue in a, a new, you know, in a new city, a new trade area, I tend to go to the restaurants and uh, bars and hotels and talk to people. Hey, have you heard we're hiring? You know, what do you think? And so on. And time and time again, we we're able to attract people that want to work in an extremely dynamic dynamic environment where they can be themselves. And we we express this uh, in terms of edgy spirit. Um, the the second thing I would say, and the root of franchising is and I've, I've told the team here this, and it's something that I learned through my time at Yum. The root of franchising and the success of franchising is that local ownership wins. So uh, the reason why a concept would choose to franchise or choose not to franchise, there's all the financial elements. And, you know, my background as a CFO, you certainly think about these things, but it really comes down to can a franchisee provide a better experience to the guest in that location or not? Over time, uh, customers figure this out. Over time, customers reward brands that provide the best experiences. And franchising uh, is such an amazing uh, architecture and structure and way of building your brand so long as uh, the franchise partner effectively executes the brand better than the franchise or would. So when you think at Top Golf, you know, why do we own the venues in the US and the UK? Well, the UK is where we were founded and we have a team there. In the US, we obviously have a big team here and have a lot of expertise. But we elected the franchise um, effectively in the rest of the world at this time uh, because 
the partners that we have found and the partners that continue to reach out to us, we're ultimately asking ourselves that fundamental question, will they operate in this location better than we possibly could? Hmm. Um, and, and, and that's proven to be true. And I think if you look across successful franchise orgs, that's whether they explicitly state that question or not, that's, that's what's going on. You know, one of the things I noticed in researching this is that in researching Topgolf is that in your international locations, you allow some localization, meaning those franchisees have some freedom to provide maybe it's food products that are more adaptable in that environment. Is that what you're talking about when you say the franchisee can operate better? Is that a part of it or is it part of their knowing the culture? Could you expand on that, please? Yeah, it's def- that's definitely a part of it. I think a great example of this, I was recently in Dubai, um, our partner there, Dubai Golf, which is um, you know, a, a, an extension of the government in Dubai. They know the culture there. They know the, uh, the types of food. They know the service proposition. I mean, service, what people want in service in Asia or Europe or the U.S. can be quite unique and quite different. And so we're trying to capture the best of both worlds, the, the core values and the fundamental proposition uh, and the fun that we provide at Top Golf, but being respectful to what local communities and uh, what is culturally relevant for, uh, you know, in a place like Dubai. And there's no doubt about it that our partners in Dubai are doing an extraordinary job representing Top Golf with an iconic venue uh, and an amazing and spectacular location that you could only get from Top Golf, but representing it in a unique way that is authentic uh, to the Middle East and, and, and to the citizens of Dubai. You know, what's so interesting about that is when we think about franchising, what you're selling is a business model. So you have a business format franchising with the Top Golf venue. And it's interesting how you're able to still allow that flexibility because so oftentimes franchisees will have an issue with there is no flexibility. How are you able to do that within the contractual confines um, with Top Golf to allow that leniency? How do you provide <laughs> that flexibility? That's fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I, the, the word contract is always a, a fun one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you don't mind, I'm I'll 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 make a. a, a a blanket comment about contracts with franchisees. And I, oh, please uh, do. I think it's something important that your listeners might, um, you know, they'll have an opinion on themselves, I'm sure. But the, you know, the, the franchise agreement is something that it's critically important that both sides, I think, negotiate and dig into and understand what they're getting into up front. So a lot of, a lot of, um, franchisors and franchisees can get frustrated with, with that process. But my experience would be the more time you spend on that and you really work through the long-term expectations of both parties, the less likely is you're ever going to have to look at it again. Ah. Uh, and the best franchise relationships are those where you negotiate, you, you dig in, you flesh out what's important to uh, the franchise partner and the franchisor, and then you really don't have to look at it again, hopefully. And I think that's something, um, you know, as we move forward and, and grow our business internationally at Topgolf, it's a principle that, you know, I'd certainly like to adhere to 
things change, but fundamentals really don't. You know, the what we want the brand to be, our expectations of franchisees and their expectations of us are are, um, are critically important. And I think with a concept like Top Golf, where there's so much enthusiasm for what we do, it's a unique proposition in the market. No one really does what we do. And even uh, folks who are trying to do it, we've got a head start and the brand that we we have at Top Golf really stands for something. And when you think about the range technology, the mobile gaming, and then the fundamental base of the shield that we we put up in the venue and, and the culture that drives it all, um, there's a lot of flexibility economically in our model. So to your initial question, one of the reasons why I think franchise partners are so attracted to Top Golf in this extremely dynamic environment is because you can be successful at F&B and there are whether it's price or a labor model or menu innovation that we allow them flexibility, that's a channel and that's a big channel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also what happens in the Bay uh, and you know, the, uh, the revenue that you can get from being effective at you know, turning the Bay and attracting more people and, and corporate events and things like that. And then activating one thing we haven't talked about yet is our partnerships business. Right. So these venues are unbelievable places for other brands to come in and authentically place themselves. Uh, I'll give you an example of this, a recent example in Waco, Texas, where we've built one of our new formats and we've partnered with uh, the, you know, effectively the the most important and uh, largest organization, if you want to call it that in Waco, which is Baylor University, one of the great universities in the United States. Uh, And Baylor uh, has branded a couple of the bays there. So when you come to Top Golf Waco uh, and you play in one of these bays, you feel like you're really connected to the community. And, and Baylor gets to be a part of something new in Waco, which is Top Golf. And we get to be connected uh, with the university, which is something that has made the city, you know, the great city, what it is today. In fact, the, so I understand that the, the football team, uh, was, when they were starting practice this summer, they had an event at our, at our venue. And it's those kinds of partnerships that are really special to us at Topgolf and allow for that localization and the local community to be engaged uh, in, in a very unique way. Well, being part of a large university in Louisville, that is fascinating to me. <laughs> well, so, we're coming uh, we're coming to Louisville, so we'll have to talk to you guys. We've heard that, and we are very <laughs> excited about it. And a lot of my colleagues have said, ask about that. So I think yeah. that um, Louisville is definitely a very engaged city and loves to have fun. So yes. I think that Top Golf would be well-suited here. It's a great food city, too. Yes, uh, a great food city. a great city. food city. True, true. So, you know, you talked about your culture and I'd heard a couple things I really want you to share with our listeners. And I, I know you're built on the core values of fun and I love this idea of mission ambition. So I want you to talk about that, but I also want you to um, help us understand how do your franchisees embrace this culture? What do you do yeah. to help them come along with it? Yeah. And so this is an area I think we're particularly proud of. Yeah. And it allows us to upfront, uh, you know, set expectations and see how bought into franchise partners are about becoming a part of the Top Golf family. Uh, we have a very robust uh, process where our franchisees send a team uh, to the U.S. Uh, and see some of our venues that are 
you know, been open for a while, um, spend time with our directors of operations. One of the one of the really unique benefits of of Top Golf is we're able to attract outstanding directors of operations. Um, not only because of the concept, but because the size of the because the size of the venue, the complexity of the venue, uh, the economics of the venue allow for a really talented uh, leader uh, to be running it day to day. So there's 450 to 500 associates at a, at a typical uh, venue. So you think about the leader that is attracted to that platform, it's, it's quite inspiring. And so our franchise partners uh, will spend months working at visiting uh, meeting our team on the ground in the U.S., and then we do the opposite when the venue opens. Um, so our venues internationally to date and going forward, many of them are staffed with former uh, leaders from our uh, U.S. venues. Uh, our, our Dubai director of operations came from our venue here in the U.S., and a couple of his key leaders, for example, uh, you know, worked here in the U.S. as well. So you create this ecosystem where the culture is able to translate and be embedded in sort of the core, uh, the core of the brand, which you know today is in the, in the U.S. and the U.K., but have that application uh, to the to the local cultures. And then we send a full new venue opening team that effectively is a part of every new opening. We have an amazing group of leaders that work on that team. Casey Daniel here in Dallas, who, who leads that. And so we do the same thing when we open one of our own owned locations as we do uh, with a franchise location. And this is time, this is money, this is training. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of concepts, um, you know, maybe don't take the training as seriously as we and some others might, but we think this is extremely important. And uh, anyone who is in hospitality knows that when you open is the day one's the most important day. So uh, we, we require a, a big financial commitment from our franchise partners to, to open. Uh, and we put forward a lot of skin in the game as well. So it's kind of, it's a good example of how the partnership needs to work. I think if, if you saw what it took to open a top golf, some people are scared, some people are excited and the people who are excited, we tend to be excited about too. Is it true that you call this training team the T-Up team? Yeah, T-Up. Uh, <laughs> you, you gotta love that. You have, right. you have to love that. I feel like we could talk about Top Golf forever because it's such an amazing concept. But I'm going to ask in our last few minutes that we really focus on the franchising model because Artie, you've been very involved in the franchising model from obviously all of your work with Pizza Hut to now your work with Top Golf and and we won't go too far down the licensing because that can get pretty complex. But let's just talk about the franchising model overall. So why do you think it's a model for success? Well, I go back to the uh, general comment I provided earlier, and I'll, I'll give a little bit more detail. It really comes down to making sure the, the business structure that you choose, that the local owner is the best owner. When you think about uh, concepts over the years that have chosen to be franchised or not franchised, I kind of ignore that. The ones that really work are the ones that have chosen a structure where the guest is treated the best at the point of experience. 
and it's it's why we've chosen you know, the international franchising model uh, here at Top Golf, and why I think we're extremely you know why we're, we're extremely excited about it. Uh, the things that make a venue successful for Top Golf: site selection, having a local connection to the to the community, having financing sources that understand uh, the site selection process, the economics all of the blocking and tackling related to payroll and taxes and all of these things are very complex jurisdiction by jurisdiction, even here in the United States. And when you go country by country and from Asia to the Middle East, to Africa, to Australia, to Europe and so on, it is very, very difficult uh, to manage all these things from Dallas, Texas necessarily. Um, so having expertise in all the, in these areas really can cause uh, a lot of the obstacles and friction to business entry and allow that entity uh, and that group of leaders to be hyper-focused on the guest experience. You know, I think of our, um, our partner in Dubai. Uh, if we were trying to open a venue in Dubai today and run it from Dallas, uh, we would spend way too much time on things that don't really matter to the customer because we're just not close to... Um, quote unquote, operating, uh, you know, a venue in Dubai. Our partner there, Dubai Golf, runs many venues. They own multiple hotels, multiple restaurants, multiple golf courses. And so the, the ability for them to quickly mobilize and focus on servicing the guest, providing value for the guest, they just have a competitive advantage uh, versus, yeah. versus we would. And um, so... That, you know what, that makes total sense. But, you know, one of the things you haven't said directly, but I can see is true is it's all about the relationship you have with your franchisees. Oh, yeah. And that seems to shine through on everything you've said. And that's what <laughs> yeah. drives success. I yeah, think. no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, and um, uh, I remember an old, a, I say old, a former young colleague, he, I wouldn't <laughs> call him but a, a good friend, I remember Roger Eaton, the longtime CEO of KFC, used to yeah. say there's there's never a problem with a franchisee that couldn't be worked out through a bottle of red, <laughs> red wine. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's the, the relationships are so important and spending time on the business and also off the business uh, uh, is important. We all have things in our personal life and families and, and so on that are important to us. And I, I found that if you're able to develop these relationships with your franchise partners uh, and then with you, it, it really helps working through some of the challenges. I mean, obviously everyone confronted COVID last year and uh, working through these things as humans uh, is, is extremely important. I couldn't agree more. And I know I've seen that in my experience as well. So when you compare and contrast franchising and food versus where you're at now, are there a lot yeah. of differences? The overarching principles, I think, are similar. You know, shared values, complementary skills, local ownership, digging deep into the concept, the economics, and the long-term expectations, I think, are similar. Uh, the business at Topgolf is, there are some, I call it sort of functional differences. You know, the cost of entry is much higher. You know, it's just, sure. it's more expensive to build a top golf venue than it is to build, um, you know, maybe an individual restaurant, certainly. Um, the structure above the restaurant that you need to have in place is a little bit different. You know, I think of 
my days in, in at Yum and the restaurant business, I walked through the the general profile of a venue. You're building a thirty to forty million dollar project. Um, you've got to acquire a big piece of land. You're staffing four hundred fifty to five hundred associates. The leader that's in place there looks a lot more of a profile of a of an above restaurant leader in a you know in a QSR or restaurant restaurant world. The complexity of the operation inside of the box is different. I don't want to say it's more or less complex. It's just it's different. Um, and then the partnership side of the business, which can really uh, elevate the experience and also drive the economics, has a local marketing component that is a little bit different from, uh, I think, how restaurant operators would would perceive local marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it requires a slightly different set of talent. But the general principles are the same. I, mean, I think what I would say is great top golf franchisees would be great franchisees in the restaurant business and vice, vice versa. Um, you know, back to that sort of shared, shared values and complementary skills concept. Exactly. It has been definitely a model for success for so many of us. And yeah. we've played a part of that. So we've learned a lot today about you and Top Golf and and your franchising business. And so I thank you for that. I'm going to ask you one last question. And that is anything you wish you had known right at the beginning of your career in franchising? Wow, that's a great, that's a great question. I don't think you can be empathetic enough. Mm. You know, I think. You know, I, I didn't grow up working in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I think the risk that a franchisor has is losing sight of what actually happens in a restaurant. Uh, the mistakes that I've made in my career and the successes that I've had, I could probably tie back to um, tying a strategic concept and a thought and a personal passion to ensuring that the associates and the team members that actually have to execute it are bought in and being empathetic to what they're dealing with. I mean, there's probably no better example than um, what we're all dealing with uh, now with COVID and and last year in particular, Mm -hmm. but uh, the, the organizations that are empathetic to what the frontline workers are are doing and have to do to enact continuous improvement in the customer experience is probably the, you know, that's, that's the one thing that it was, it was beat over my head early. It probably could have been beaten harder. And, uh, you know, a best practice that we employ now is we spend a lot of time in our venues. Most of my time since I've been at Top Golf has been at a venue. Uh, I've worked, worked some shifts. <laughs> a, a side note of a fun fact, a Food runner, at least this, when I food ran uh, my second or third week in the colony, Texas, uh, on a Friday night, it was, it was, uh, I think 28,000 steps to wow. food runner, which, which is, uh, pushing 15 miles. That isn't that that's crazy. a, that's a four hour shift carrying. And, uh, <laughs> fortunately I didn't drop any food. You can ask the guys how I did, but, um, when you think about putting something in place and then you say, okay, the associate that's going to have to do this is walking 28,000 steps on a Friday night. Right. Uh, it kind of causes you to rethink how good right. your idea is. Right. And then you think about the current labor environment. I mean, yeah. empathy is such a good word for people not showing up, not being able to hire enough. It's just a tough yeah. time. So I love hearing you say that 28,000 yeah. steps. Holy smokes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think empathy. It's multi-unit hospitality is a. Uh, it's very very rewarding work. We get to be a big part of our guests' lives. Uh, what our guests say to us about their experiences at Top Golf. I mean, it's such a privilege to be a part of this brand. But being empathetic to what the franchise partner and their team members and associates are are doing every day is. I don't think you can be uh, empathetic enough. Well, Artie, thank you. I do know my visit to Top Golf in Kansas City, I saw the culture that you described. And I did see the food runners running. I didn't know they were running that much, but um, I had a great experience. And so thank you for sharing the Top Golf life and franchising with us. And just really appreciate your time. Kathleen, thank you so much. It's been a real privilege. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise U.